Pastor Varun and Pastor Don Lahaprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Last Sunday afternoon, I was talking about depending on God in reaching out to the lost. You need to understand that Jesus Christ came to save that which was lost. The main reason Jesus died on the cross, he went through all the sufferings, all the difficulties and hardships and persecutions. The main reason, because he wanted to save the lost world. He wanted to save us from bondage of sin. He wants to save us from the power of darkness and the power of demons. He wants to restore your family relationships. He wants to restore your health, your finances. He wants to bless people. He did that on the cross. And before he went up to heaven, he passed that responsibility to all of us. Thank God that he did not use an angel to preach the gospel. He used simple people like you and me to preach the gospel. And it's the calling This is the calling for every single believer on earth that we need to have the heart of Jesus to go out and help the lost to come into the kingdom of God. Amen. It's not only the job of Mike Francine. It's not only the job of an evangelist. Every believer should say, God, I am here. Use me. Anoint me. Fill me up with your word, with your wisdom. Fill me up with your Holy Spirit. So that I can be your vessel. I can be your holy vessel to go out and testify the reality and the power of resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that I can go out and lay hand on the sick and they shall recover. So that I can go out and see the Lord safe in front of my eyes. It's all, this is the responsibility of every believer. Therefore, I try to encourage you to live your life that way. But in order to reach out to the lost, we need to depend on God, which if you want to hear in detail, you can get the CD in our series. But today I want to talk about something else. In in being a good soul winner, what we need to do, God teaches many things about the attitudes of people who are soul winners, uh, effective soul winners. One of the things I'd like to encourage you today, today is about sacrifice. I remember when I was a new believer, I was sitting in the operating room in Bangkok. I was a resident, neurosurgery resident. I was a brand new believer. And I was sitting there during lunchtime, eating lunch, thinking about my faith. Do I believe the right thing? Do I believe that God is real? Because I learned in my school that God, that there is no God, but I came from an ape, from monkey. I begin to argue with God that is that real God? Is that is is there a real creator? Because what I learned from the Bible is against my education from the university. But suddenly God showed me that son, I loved you so much. If I am not so real. Why Jesus has to die for you? 
And God began to show me that because Jesus sacrificed His life, He sacrificed His glory in heaven and came down to the earth so that He can show God to us. It's like almost like you are living in a mansion in a waterfront, and suddenly you say you need to sacrifice and go to live in Timbuktu. It's like that, and not only live in Timbuktu, but you need to die in Timbuktu. That's what happened to Jesus. Jesus sacrificed. When God showed that to me at that lunch table, suddenly my spirit is enlightened, was enlightened, and said, "Yes, God must be real." Because he sent his son to die for me, you can see that God won my heart because of the sacrifice of Jesus. In the same way, if we want to see the lost saved, we need to learn to live a sacrificial life. Amen. Being sacrificial will join the heart of the believers together. Not only that, will open the eyes of the non-believers. That God is real. I remember when I first came to America in 1985, and I was working at Harborview Hospital. I was so sad to hear that all these unbelieving nurses and doctors really talk bad about Christianity. And I was so sad because I came from another land, and they talk because they all 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 say that oh you know all these minister they were preaching for money. They were rich. They were. They want money from us. And when I listen to that, I say, "No, this is not the heart of God. God is a loving God. He is not there for His own benefit. Amen. He is a sacrificial God. He gave us, gave up His Son for me and you. And as a Christian, we need to show to the world that our God is not a selfish God. It's not a me, 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 me God." You look at what Jesus say in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 7 to 8. And as you go, preach, saying, "The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give." Amen. In other words, when you serve the Lord, when you go out and preach the gospel, you need to check your heart that your attitude is not to have a personal gain. Or to have a hidden agenda of financial gain, you need to go with a sacrificial spirit. You go to give. You're not going there to get something from people. Amen. The Bible says clearly. Look at Paul. Apostle Paul was so effective in his evangelism, in his ministry. Apostle Paul said that I had the right to receive financial support from all of you. He was talking to his churches. The churches that he planted. But he said, I have the right to receive financial support, but I chose not to, so that my life will not be a stumbling block to all of you, so that you will not think that I serve God for money. Look at what he said in First Corinthians chapter nine, verses twelve and eighteen. If others have this right of support from you, mean financial support, shouldn't we have it all the more? Why? Because he started those church. But we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. Verse 18. What then is my reward? Just this: that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge, 
and so not make use of my rights in preaching it. Paul is a good example. Paul made tents. Paul served God without financial gain. Definitely, one day if I need to come out full time as a full time pastor because more work to do for the church, I believe that is the right thing to do. That the church will support me financially. Is that right? Everyone say Amen. Amen. It should be that way so that I have more time to serve God. But the bottom line is this: my in my heart or in your heart, we all serve God without seeking any benefit. Any personal benefit, whether people give money or not, whether people give praises to us or not, whether people will give us position or not, whether people will put thumb up to us or not, it doesn't matter. We serve God because we love Him. We serve God because He has done good thing to us, and we love Him so much that we want to bring the goodness of God to other people. He saved me. Therefore, I want to bring that power of salvation to others. Without charge, Amen. Every time I and Pastor Da flew to our sister churches, we conducted revival services. We never asked for offering for ourselves. We even pay our own. I mean, the church and we pay our own uh, ticket to go there. We did not ask those churches to pay us back. If they want to give, that's okay. But our attitude is not to go there to make money out of these people. Amen. Look at the attitude. Look at the attitude of the early church apostle. I like this scripture so much. I like. Let me read to you. It's beautiful scripture in First Corinthians chapter nine, nineteen to twenty-three. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as. Possible. Everyone say as many as possible. The Jew, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but uh, un, but am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the, the law, to the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Even though you are not a slave to anyone. But you are willing to serve them. You are willing to sacrifice your time. You are willing to sacrifice your finances. I was so touched by a sister in our church many years ago when we started the church. This sister got a scholarship to go to Florida to study in the college. She said that no, I'm going to give up this college fund. Hundred percent. Just gave it up so that I can stay preaching the gospel in Seattle with my pastor. Amen. She gave it up. She stayed, but thank God, God gave her another scholarship from the bank. I believe that person. Her name is Nali. Nali gave up the scholarship. Amen. Hallelujah. So we gave up something. We sacrifice for the sake of the gospel. We become weak. 
so that we can win the week. Amen. When I first came to America, I spoke many wrong accents. People couldn't understand me. I give you example. If I want to say "close your eyes," I will say "cross your eyes," and people look at me. What are you talking about? Cross your eyes. I talk to my patient that way. Close your eyes. What? I say. Oh, then then my resident friend whisper into my ear. Say, no, no, no. It's close your eyes. So I I I, I say many wrong things. But once God called me to be a preacher. I began to really want to become Americanized, in, not Americanized in the sense of culture, but in the sense of trying to be one of you, so that I can preach the gospel to you. You see what I mean? I want to become Americanized so that I can preach the gospel to Americans. Amen. We want to become all things. When I go to Japan, I go there and say "Arigato gozaimas." I want to become Japanese. Amen. So when I meet. Mexican, I need to be festive. Amen. I'm a, the the uh, Latino like festive, like very <laughs> exciting. Amen. So you become all things for all men. You sacrifice your own identity. Sometimes you 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 give up what you like to be to win somebody else. Amen. Everyone says sacrifice. sacrifice. I want to. I want this city. I want America to see the real Christianity. That Christianity is not about me, 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 me taking, taking, taking. Christianity is about sacrifice because our Lord Jesus Christ is a sacrificial God. He gave up His life, and everyone say Amen. Amen. The second thing that we need to do in evangelism is enthusiasm. The word enthusiasm comes from the word in God. Tears mean God, in God, mean excitement, mean zealous, mean that you are very. When God is in you, you cannot sit still and become lukewarm. When the Holy Spirit is moving on the inside of you, you are so excited. You smiling. You happy. You you look different from the world. When you want to evangelize, you need to be enthusiastic. I don't say that you pretend to be. It comes from God, Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. When people see you and they see that you're very tired, look very sad, look very, you know, weak all the time, then they they say, "I don't want your God. You look so depressed. You look so sad. You you look like you have no energy." That's why we need to be filled up with the Spirit of God all the time. Because every time the Spirit of God fills us up, the 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 fire, the energy of God comes back, and then we become enthusiastic again. Look in throughout the Bible, everyone was so enthusiastic in evangelism. Look at Paul example. Paul, when Paul met King Agrippa, what look at what he said. King Agrippa, do you believe in Acts chapter twenty six? Verses 27 to 29. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophet? I know you do. Now he challenged King Agrippa. Then Agrippa said to Paul, "Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian?" Paul replied, "Short time or long, I pray God that not only you but all who were are listening to me today may become what I am." Wow! He was sharing enthusiastically. He did not say that. Oh, King Agrippa, 
Whatever, whatever will be, will be. I don't care whether you accept Christ or not. Amen. He didn't say that. He said, "Please accept Jesus. Please, you need God." Amen. He was enthusiastic. He was so caring for the lost. Amen. The Bible say in Romans chapter one verse fifteen. That is why I am so eager. Everyone say eager. To preach the gospel also to you who are at Rome, Paul said, "I'm so eager." Amen. Are you eager to tell people about Jesus Christ? Look at the Samaritan woman. After she met the Lord, after she met the the Master, and the Master told her that you have five husbands, and she met the living water from the Lord Jesus Christ. She got saved. Amen. Do you notice that Jesus? Never went around condemning people, judging people. You are this and you are that. Jesus even approached a woman with with the history of five husbands. He loved her. He did not judge her. But after she got saved, what happened? She enthusiastically ran back to her city and tell the whole city. She told the whole city that. I met the Messiah. I met the man who has the living water. Go out and meet him. Wow! She was so enthusiastic. You need to be the same way. You need to be enthusiastic to tell people that Jesus is so real. Amen. Amen. Jesus was very enthusiastic too when he preached the gospel. Amen. So the same thing. Let's say at the same time enthusiasm. Number three. Not only sacrifice, not only enthusiastic, uh, enthusiasm. You need to be bold. Everyone, everyone say bold. bold. Many times we don't want to evangelize. We don't want to tell people about Jesus because we are having the fear of man. We are afraid of losing the job. We are afraid of losing our reputation. We are afraid of losing friends, losing connection. We are afraid that people will not like us, but the Bible say, "The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid?" Amen. The Lord is the strength of your salvation. The Lord shall lift you up. Therefore, don't be afraid. Be bold to share the gospel. Amen. Sometimes I walk into the The uh, we call receiving room before surgery, and I saw the patient crying, and I saw the nurse standing there. I have two choices. I say, I can can I pray for you, or I say mm, maybe the nurses will get mad at me that I pray for my patient. But I need to stir myself up in the Lord and say I'm gonna be bold. I will not be ashamed of the gospel. So I can began to say. Mr. So and So, Mrs. So and So, can I pray for you before the surgery? And the patient always said yes to me before surgery. <laughs> no one said no. Okay, because they're going to be on the table soon, so there's a good time to pray. So I say yeah. They say yes. So I began to lay hand and pray, and they began to cry. Amen. That's one way to witness that our God is a good God, loving God, and who care what the nurse think about about us. Because we are dead already, we have been crucified with Christ. It's not about our reputation; it's about His reputation. It's not about my name; it's about His name. Anyway, Amen. 
we come into the world with nothing anyway. Amen. Why we worry about what other people think about us? We need to be bold. Look at look at Moses when he met Pharaoh. He was bold. He did not say, "Pharaoh, you're so big. Oh, you you have a mighty army. Uh, 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 um, uh, mm, I want to tell you something. No, 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 no. Look at what the Bible says in Exodus chapter five, verse one. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says: Let my people go, so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert. And then, in chapter seven, verses five to six, he say like this: And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out of it. Moses, Aaron, and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. They were speaking boldly for God. Are you bold to tell people about Jesus? Are you bold when the Holy Spirit stir you and prompt you to say something to somebody about Jesus? Or you a chicken? Or you just pull out? You pull away? Or you say, "I'm gonna move in and I'm gonna talk." Boldly and lovingly, Amen. Look at what King David. David is a good example to all of us. When David met Goliath, David said like this to the Philistine: "You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me." And I will strike you down and cut off your head. Wow! This young little boy was speaking to a big giant. Okay, he said like that: "I will cut your head off today. I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves." For the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands. Wow! You know, I want to tell you that's why when Gloria was ta- was talking about being touched by God, when the Almighty God who created the heaven and the earth come and touch your body in revival, in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you 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 feel the touch of God, and you know that God is so big. Amen. You know God is so real to you. You know when God touched me, I know that God is so real. When He make me laugh, when He make me cry, you know sometimes the cry is a cry of intercession, cry for the lost world. It's not just only the cry of repentance. One time God touched me in the house of a lawyer. Actually, he lived on Mercer Island. When he, God touched me, I cry like a baby, and I ask God, "Why you do this to me? I'm so embarrassed, crying in front of all these lawyers." I mean, this is a Christian meeting, and a Christian lawyer. And God said to me, "I am. I ask you to cry for the loss. That I love the loss so much, and you need to have the same heart as I have. That love the loss. So when 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 God touch you, you know God is so real. And when you face a giant, you instead of focusing on the size of the giant, because you have been touched by God." You begin to emphasize and focus on the size of your God, Amen. 
Amen. You know that your God is bigger than that giant. That's what happened to King David. When David met the giant, he said, "Yeah, even though my physical body is smaller than you, but the God who is in me is bigger than you. You cannot knock me down." Amen. I'm gonna knock you down because my God is bigger than you. His eyes uh, were upon God, not upon the circumstances. You know, when you witness, when you go out and tell people about Jesus, you don't focus on the circumstances. You don't focus on the the people who come and ridicule you and attack you. You focus on God. Your God is a big God. Amen. That's why the devil doesn't want revival. Doesn't want the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He will speak to you, leave this shirt, get out of here. You know why? Because, he, because the devil knows that when you get touched by God one time, you will know God is so real to you and you begin to rise up like a warrior and you want to co- go out and tell people that Jesus Christ is real in my life. I was blind, but now I can see. I was touched by him. My mind is clear. He healed me. He touched me. He is real. It's not just a theory. It's not just a theology, but it's a real experience that God has touched me. Amen. Amen. That's why after Peter and the 120 disciples were touched by the fire of God in the upper room, you remember before they were touched by the fire of God, they were running away all over the places. They were so full of fear. They did not even want to identify themselves with Jesus. Peter denied Jesus three times. But after the fire of God came upon them in the upper room, they were speaking in tongue, they were drunk in the Holy Ghost. After that, they know that God is real. Peter rose up. Peter stood up and began to preach. And 3,000 people accepted Christ. Why? The bonus came by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. One day God spoke to me that evangelism has two components. Number one, you need to get the right bed. And God told us in our church one day, God told me, your bed in this church is food. You need to have a lot of eating party because we have a lot of good cooks here. Just bring non-believers in and cook. Yesterday we have an eating party yesterday and one gentleman, he is from India. He came to eat dinner with us for our birthday party. So we ate and ate and ate. Oh, good, so good food. Ah, the food is so wonderful. And I prayed to God that this Indian man is going to talk to me about God. And I was praying. I did not push the issue. Then I was sitting close to him. And suddenly, God answered my prayer. My prayer. He began to ask me all the questions about Christianity. We were talking about Christianity for one hour. He kept asking me questions. I answered him back and God gave me the word of wisdom. Answer back, back and forth, back and forth. For one hour, he kept asking about the Bible, about God, about Jesus, about Holy Spirit. All these things. Amen. Food is the bed. (laughs) Hallelujah. But at the same time, God told me this. God said that by nature, we are all chicken. We are all afraid of man. We are afraid of people rejecting us. And that's why how revival impacts evangelism. Because when you get touched by the fire of God, you got drunk in the spirit. You got so drunk. You know, you know how many people get drunk before? Raise your hand up. I will not blame you. Okay, you got drunk before? 
People who got drunk before you understand that when you got drunk, you forget about yourself. You tend to do bully thing. You know, you you do thing. You walk around and say things. You know, whatever. You are not afraid anymore. Amen. The same thing when you are so filled with the Holy Ghost, you will forget about yourself, and you will be able to speak boldly about God. God fill you up throughout your veins, throughout your system, so that you will be bold. Look at what the Bible say in in the um, Acts chapter. Let me see Acts chapter four verses seven to thirteen. I will finish soon. They, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. You know, John and Peter were persecuted because they preached the gospel. By what power and what name did you do this? Oh, can you imagine the police court catch you and say, "If you don't stop speaking this, I'm going to put you in jail. I'm going to persecute you." And look at what the Bible say. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone say, filled, filled. with the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Said to them, "Wow!" So Peter was so bold. Why? Because he was filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And verse thirteen say, "When they saw the courage of Peter and John, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished." And they looked, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Wow! I want to say something very profound theology here, very profound truth. Can I encourage you something? Can I challenge you something? One day God spoke to me this, son. The members in my church, meaning his church, not my church, because this is his church, will not have a lot of problem. If they spend more time with me, when was the last time you read the Bible? You know, in order to spend time with Jesus, you need to read His Word. Is that right? You need to read the Word. You need to listen to the sermon. You need to pray. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you up. You need to soak into the presence of God. Spend time with God. I believe that there are so many problems that happen in the church because God's people do not spend time with God enough, do not spend time with Jesus enough. I can guarantee this is a profound truth, <laughs> very profound, <laughs> that if you spend time with Jesus, you will have bonus and you will not sin easily. You will be sensitive to His heart and His will. The problem is that we don't spend time with Jesus enough. Amen. amen. Everyone say amen. amen. I want to encourage all of you to spend time with Jesus more from today on. Amen. Look at Acts chapter four, verse thirty-one. After they pray, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Wow. So that's why the devil doesn't want us to have the move of God in the church. He will try to tell you, quit revival, quit the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, because you're gonna eventually Christians who are on who are on fire are gonna start to go downhill and go into tradition and religion and go into just the make 
just the mechanic of the church, but lack the boldness and the zeal to evangelize for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Everyone say bold. bold. One more thing, and I will finish. Joy. Everyone say joy. joy. In Acts chapter five, verses forty to forty-two. Not my my daughter. I'm talking about the joy of God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostle in and had them flocked, and they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostle left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. How the early church disciple preached the gospel with sadness, no, with joy. You don't want to get into a community that people full of sad face. You know, people come to our church and everyone looks so depressed. They will say, I don't want to be here. I already have enough problem of myself. Why I have to come here to get all this problem from you? If they come in and see that everyone is so full of joy. Actually, yesterday when that Indian gentleman asked me, what, is, what are the reasons you accept Christ? I told him, one of the reasons that when I went to one, the first Bible study that I went in Bangkok, I saw all the Christians singing songs, guitar and smiling and singing, and so happy, and I was sitting there so jealous of them. <laughs> These people are young kids. I'm a doctor. I'm a neurosurgeon. I graduated from medical school. I have all the knowledge, but I'm not happy. I'm full of, I, I have a long face. I look like a sad man. But these people are so happy. I was so jealous of them. And they say, I want to know what God is. Who God is this? What God they worship here? You know, joy, not only to give you strength to go on with God, but joy will convict the unbelievers. Do you notice that people in the world are not happy? Amen. Yesterday, one of the co-workers in my office, in, in the hospital, I went to Overlake Hospital, come to me and say, I'm so sad. Can you write Xanax for me? Prescription. So I cannot deny. So I have to write Xanax for her. Amen. People are sad. People are depressed. I'm sitting in the office every single day and I see the list of the medication of people. And a lot of people take amitriptyline, nortriptyline, Xanax, uh, uh, not Xanax, um, Prozac, I'm sorry. All these antidepressant. Why? Because the world is full of problems. People are sad. But we have God, and God loves on the throne. Our God is a God of joy. Amen. The, Amen. the kingdom of God is not of eating and drinking, but is righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So you go out, brother and sister, I challenge you today. And you go out with boldness. You go out sacrificially. You go out with joy. If you start to have a long face, smile up. Encourage yourself in the Lord. When you get depressed, when you start to get down, when you get knocked down, you rise up and say, and say I'm going to rejoice always in the Lord. 
Amen. You just smile and go. You know, I, I, when I go to the hospital, I walk in to see my patient. I always smile and say, "How are you doing? I'm happy." Amen. When you begin to do anything, you just smile and be happy. People need to see the joy of the Lord upon your face, so that they want your God too. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So you learned something today. Amen. Bonus. Sacrifice, joy, what else? Enthusiasm. Amen. If you can do all these things, you're going to be a vessel that God will use you to bring the lost into the kingdom of God. Amen. Can I see your smile? Amen. Your God is a living God. He's not a dead God. You should be happy. Amen. You have been set free. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word in the Bible. We pray, Father, that we will be an honorable vessel ready to be used by you, Father. May your Holy Spirit work in the heart, in the soul of your people, Father, that there will be full of bonus, enthusiasm, There will be sacrificial people. There will be joyful people, Father. Oh Lord, use them as the testimony in the end time like this. Every one of us, Father, will be a witness to Christ Jesus. We can tell people with confidence that Jesus is real to me. Father, we bless you. We thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Change us, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before the end of the service, I'd like to really extend my invitation to you that you will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not calling you to join any church. I'm not calling you to change religion or something. But I'm telling you that if you want to find the fulfillment of your life, if you want to have a ticket to go to heaven, if you want, you want your sins to be forgiven, it's very simple. You turn away from sin and invite Jesus Christ into your heart to become the Lord of your life. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord and Savior. You shall be saved. I believe that you all know that we are all sinners. We all make mistake, either the mistake of doing wrong thing, or the mistake of not doing the right thing. And God knows that there is no way that we can be perfect like Him. That we would never make mistake. That's why He sent His Son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for all of us. I want to extend my invitation that if you want to have a relationship with God. Just pray with me right now and and follow my prayer. You can bow your heads and close your eyes and pray with me, and I just lead you pray you in prayer right now. Father in heaven, I admit, Lord, that I am a sinner. I need your forgiveness, Lord. Please forgive me and my sins. I want to get right with you. Come into my life, Jesus. You are the living God. 
You are my savior and my lord. Come in and give me a new heart, a new spirit. I give my life to you, and I want to serve you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. I want to encourage everyone who invite Jesus into your heart today to go and tell other people that I have Jesus Christ in my heart and start serving God. Amen. Start to ask God to lead you each day. He will help you. He loves you so much. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand up and sing a song together? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Any song of dedication? Sing. <clears throat> yes. Hallelujah. Sing a song together. Hallelujah. I will worship with all of my heart. I will praise you with all of my Why don't you follow my prayer? Follow my prayer, Father in heaven. I want to worship you all the days of my life, Lord. I give my life as a living sacrifice to be used by you. Lord, anoint me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me bonus, Lord. Give me enthusiasm, eagerness, a sacrificial heart, the joy of the Lord that I can go out every single day to tell people how good you are, to tell people the good news of the kingdom of God. Use me, Lord. I am here. Give me the power, Father, that when I lay hand on the sick, they shall recover. When I cast out demons, the demon will go away. Give me power and gifts to do Your work, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Let's give the mighty hand of praises to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Hallelujah.
We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 